Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. And I'm here with Amanda Robbie and we have a pile of books uh, with us because this is our a new annual Christmas and Advent gift giving guide or something like that. Um, so Amanda, why don't we start with Advent books? And you've got an Advent book for families. I have. Yes, I have got A Jesus Christmas, Explore God's Amazing Plan for Christmas by Barbara Rioch. Okay, I'm and that's sure that's published by Good Book Company, isn't it? It is. So um, that's where you'll find that. Yes, um, it's a, a lovely cover of sort of families doing Christmas Eve activities and recommended by all sorts of the good and the great. Uh, and uh, it's uh, one of the strap lines is includes family journaling space. So, so this is something book. that you're designed that's designed to do in family devotions. I think so. Yes, uh, some sort of special. Uh, time that the family spends together looking at the Bible. Maybe you'll re- you will have those sort of times already as a family, but maybe you don't and you think, I could do it for Advent. Yes, why not do that instead of, you know, mess around with Elf on the Shelf or whatever. Um, so what sort of, as family, what sort of age would this be appropriate for, do you think? I think this could easily do sort of from fairly small who can sit still. So you could use a small amount of it for sort of three-year-olds, um, you could probably go into the sort of middle of secondary school, I think, with some of the questions. Are, there's some very good questions, actually, which helps you to get into a passage. Um, that Basically, the, the setup is there's quite a large selection and you probably wouldn't do all of it. You would just choose what's appropriate for your children. Perfect. OK, so that makes it more customisable depending on the age of yes. your children and so on. And is it Christmas themed? Uh, it's now the, the overall theme, as I remember, is is a basically Bible overview type thing, looking at the 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 God's plan and who who was involved. So titles of the titles of the devotions, um, God's plan for Christmas, a stairway to God, life giving bread, the forever King. God with us. There's there's the sort of thing that you get in a Jesse tree. So the the kind of whole uh, story of the Bible Bible from the beginning, sort of culminating. To Samuel, Exodus, Old Testament, New Testament. With Jesus. Yeah. Lovely. And the family journaling spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You you had some comments about whether that was absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's it's a fairly large format. It's about sort of A5. A5 paperback. But... um, it could, pro- it would, I think it would be much better as A4, or basically, if you put your family journaling space, you gave every child an A4 blank book, yeah. sort of scrapbook, because there's not really very much space on those pages. And 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 basically, it's it, they ask you to read a passage. There's a lovely explanation, actually, a sort of short, short Bible story explanation, which is very So helpful. if you were a family where you didn't feel particularly confident in leading those yes. emotions, there's, there's enough there to help you explain yeah. it. And also if you had a family where you had a nine-year-old who liked to read, you could get them to read that out. And then there's some very good questions, some for older children, some for younger children. Lovely. And a prayer and a journaling idea with with an idea of things to journal. So there's a nice little activity to and do. And some of those are sort of draw pictures or it's write yeah, or do or different write a prayer things. Or, yes. Lovely. That sounds like a really nice thing. Um, I was just looking at that briefly earlier when we were talking about and I do have a quibble with it. And it's also a quibble that I have 
uh, with the Advent book I've been looking at. And that is neither of them seem to know what Advent is. So uh, yours, I think, had dated uh, things beginning on December the 1st. Yes, correct. And mine, I've been looking at Sinclair Ferguson's Love Came Down at Christmas, Daily Readings for Advent, which has 24 readings. Now, obviously, Anglicans will know that Advent is one of those movable things and does not necessarily begin on December 1st and does not always have 25 readings, 25 days, uh, 24 days even. It um, is more complicated than that. Now, as it happens this year, there are 23 days in Advent. So you could do Sinclair Ferguson's Love Came Down at Christmas and begin on Advent Sunday and finish on Christmas Day. And that would work quite nicely, I think. (laughs) So this is, I think it's a really interesting book. It's not quite what I was expecting. It is a devotional based on 1 Corinthians 13. So the focus is on love um, and then obviously how that relates to Christmas. But he basically takes 1 Corinthians 13 and goes through it a small section at a time um, and explains it, helps us to understand uh, how it relates to us, helps us understand how it relates to Jesus. And then each chapter ends with uh, reflection to think about. Um, so here's one I'm just looking at. This is the chapter Love is Not Rude, which he entitles Love Has Good Manners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reflection is, well, how do you think biblical etiquette differs from social etiquette? Mm-hmm. Which is a question I think many of us have not really thought about, but really interesting. And then a, a prayer. And these are not prayers that he's written. These are prayers from uh, Christians throughout church history, some from uh, church fathers, but also more recent uh, missionaries and people, many of whom are not people I know very well at all. And so I really liked it, actually. I think it would be, I think it would be a great thing to work through in December, but there's no particular reason, I think, why it has to be tied to Advent. Mm. I mean, he does relate it to, to love and Christmas, but actually... God's love is an important thing to think about at any point, and so is 1 Corinthians 13. So you could even give that to someone and think and say, let's do it in January. Um, but but if you want, if you're looking for something to do in Advent, I I'd like that a lot. Okay, we've got some Christmas things, and these yes. we've basically got children's Christmas books, I think, that we're looking at. Um, so I have got three books from ten of those which are all called The Nativity. And this is, I think, a thing that 10 of those have done before, where they've produced a range of different books suitable for children at different ages um, and different things. So there's a little board book suitable for very young children. There's a square sort of paperback that's suitable for slightly older children. And then there's a colouring book, which is obviously my (laughs) favourite. And they're very nice, I thought, because what these do, all of them, they simply tell the story of the nativity in rhyme. So the little board book, Mary and Joseph were planning a wedding. Then they found out where God's plan was heading. God would send a baby inside of her tummy. Yes, it was true. She would soon be a mummy. So really nice. You can, I think they would be lovely books to read aloud with very young children. And for slightly older ones, the, the bigger book has a longer version Um, but it's the same poem Mm -hmm. Um, and again told in rhyme and then the colouring book sort of has about half of the longer version and illustrations on every page for you to colour in and so that's something I think I would say you could certainly give that to um, uh, people for example in your church toddler group 
um, people who are not necessarily Christians, here's this Christmas story, here's the nativity story. Um, and then at the end of each one of them, there's a short uh, little explanation of why the Christmas story is important. Um, but but really no frills added, but nicely written and produced. That's good to hear about. I've also got, and I'm going to do this now actually just to compare and contrast, a very noisy Christmas written by Tim Thornborough. Now, one of the things actually I'm going to just point out about the cover and the illustrations before I talk about the content, the nativity, everyone is white, mm. more or less. There's one or two brown looking angels uh, and maybe a, a shepherd. Everyone on the cover of A Very Noisy Christmas is dark brown. Yeah. And, and I just thought actually they have thought about that. And I really like that. These are not white European people and there is not a white European Jesus and I like that it is quite a different book again definitely designed to be read aloud so you get instructions on the first page when you see words in big type you have to say them really really loudly and when you see shh you have to say the words really really quietly so you know nice engaging thing to read Um, and mostly it focuses on the shepherds and the wise men and the message from the shepherds that uh, the rescuer has come and the message from the uh, wise men that Jesus is God's son and our rescuer. I don't think this is a book I would give to a, a non-Christian family or child. There's not, I think, enough explanations situating the story if people don't know the story. Um, and I think it's yeah, it's a Christian book for Christian families, I would say, um, but a really delightful one um, to look at. So that's a very noisy Christmas. Now, you've got a children's book that you might give as a yeah, Christmas present. Yeah, it's not present. a Christmas book, but it is um, absolutely gorgeous. It's in the series, which includes God's Very Good Idea and The Garden, The Curtain and The Cross, which you might have come across, and some others. Um, beautifully illustrated. So it's a lovely hardback. Big, big hardback you know for under sevens yeah uh, that you would um uh give as a gift and enjoy reading and it's called the friend who forgives and it's about peter it's a true story about how peter failed and jesus forgave lovely and so there's some absolutely fantastic uh parts where it shows peter basically speaking out a sort of flame, words in a flame about his sort of hot-headedness. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just very amusingly irritated and illustrated, not irritated, illustrated. <laughs> and it uh, goes through Peter, you know, uh, his fishing and his denial and uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, all these things, and and, and the forgiveness offered back mm. when he was fishing. So it, it really is a super, and it then points you at the end to where you would uh, look in the Bible to find those stories. But uh, a, a definitely a book to read again and again and to look carefully at illustrations that you can really examine and think about and talk about as well as reading the text. Lovely. And I think that's interesting, isn't it? Telling um, a story about a Bible character. Mm. I think in our evangelical circles, we've become slightly nervous about doing that. <laughs> You know, we we don't want to become the kind of you must be David defeating Goliath with your stones in your sling of prayer and Bible reading or whatever. But actually, the the there is a reason why 
we have the Bible in the way that it is. And one of those reasons is it gives us people we can identify yeah, with. Yeah, and this is about how Peter failed. What a great thing to teach your children. Uh, you know, one of the greatest disciples mm. failed and a really good way to teach children resilience and yeah. the truth of forgiveness available yeah. in Christ for any mess up. Because actually, and I think that's a, a big issue in society, isn't it? I mean, resilience is one of those words that lots of schools will have on their, mm -hmm. their statement. That's what we're trying to teach our children. But, I, but there is, a, a, I think, uh, a sort of cultural fear of letting children fail. You know, we mustn't give prizes to some because some will feel that they failed or, you know, we, they mustn't fail a test and they mustn't... Yeah. Um, and, and actually, we do all fail um, in those kind of things, but also much more significantly in our Christian lives. And children will fail as well. Children yeah. will fail to trust Jesus properly. And yeah, um, and, uh, yeah they, will, they will tell lies because he tells a lie, doesn't he? Peter, yes. That he, that he doesn't know Jesus. So yeah, I think it's really helpful. Yeah, the, the, on the back, it says, do you ever talk before you think, ever mess up, ever let a friend down? Peter was that kind of person. Yeah. Really helpful. Uh, to um, yeah, encourage so, children to follow Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So sort of primary school age children, maybe slightly younger primary school age children, yeah. but um, who will be beginning to recognise those things in themselves and actually to be able to say, it's okay, Jesus forgave Peter. Yes. He'll forgive me. And so, that, I mean, that's the kind of thing, again, that you'd want to give to probably a Christian child, so maybe a, a child, godchild, God grandchild, something, you know, yeah. somebody. Lovely, um, a lovely gift by Dan DeWitt and Catalina Echeverri. There we go. And I think, and we talked, I think, about a book in that series last Christmas as well, The God's Very Good Idea or something yes, like that. And, right. and that whole series, I think, is a lovely, um, beautifully produced, beautifully illustrated yeah. uh, thing to give. Now, we've also got a couple of suggestions of books that you might want to either put on your own wish list or give to uh, Christian friends for Christmas. Um, I don't know... Uh, if you're I mean I'm sort of the kind of person that doesn't really give many presents at all because I just don't but actually what a great thing to do if you've got maybe uh, people that you pray with at church two or three good Christian friends why not say actually this Christmas I'm going to give them a book and maybe suggest that we read it together in the new year or something like that. Um, so you've got one, uh, what's your, tell us about it's, yours. It's called Growing in Gratitude, Rediscovering the Joy of a Thankful Heart. It's by Mary Kay Muller, and it's another good book production. Um, she, Mary Muller is the wife of probably the slightly better known Al Muller, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So she's... She's, she's a, a Baptist. She's, a, we'll, she's an American Baptist. We'll assume that she may still have some things that are worth hearing. She does. She does. I, I did enjoy this book. It did... You should be aware that it does start with the illustration of Thanksgiving. So it does start quite Americanly. Okay, good and, to know. Uh, and sort of, and and yeah, the sight is glorious as the leaves are changing in Kentucky is her opening line. So it it does start quite Americanly, but it doesn't stay American, too American, or you know, inaccessible culturally. Um, yeah, the, I I wasn't sure how you would get a whole book about gratitude. Actually, I thought I was I thought oh, isn't is it quite obvious? Yes, yes, exactly. Just just be more thankful. Yes, exactly. But she she came up with some really good things and, and some things that I'd not really thought about before. One thing in particular, she's highlights some things from Jonathan Edwards, who's a very famous American theologian pastor. Um, 
who talked about two levels of gratitude. Um, uh, gratitude as, uh, what does he call it? Natural gratitude and gracious gratitude. So uh, natural gratitude is for blessings. So thanking God for all the things, the sort of thing that you teach a child to say thank you yeah, for. Thank you, it was a sunny day. Yeah. Thank you for that lovely dinner. Yeah, thank you. you. The sort of thank you prayer that you say before you eat, a sort of grace like yeah. that. But what he terms gracious gratitude is that the thanking God for himself, for God himself. So thanking him for his, uh, for who he is. And um, uh, that was a real encouragement for me Mm. to think about thanking God for who he is and also encouraging my children to thank God for who he is. And actually when we're thinking about praying at mealtimes, which is one of the few family uh, prayer things that we do on a very regular basis, um, is to actually make sure that we are including things about God himself, not just for the blessings, but not just the natural. And that's that's very helpful, isn't it? Mm. If you're in the particular kind of situation where you're struggling to see immediate blessings or feel immediate Absolutely. blessings. There may not be some any natural blessings. You may have had mind. the worst day in the world, yeah. but you can still thank God for being loving and patient Absolutely, yes. or whatever. Yeah, so thinking, and, and that sort of meditation on God's character and thanking him for those things. Uh, that was particularly helpful for me. Um, there was what else was um, just saying that you know, as we thank God, the blessing that comes to us through that. And um, there was a wonderful phrase that she used actually towards the end of the book is that ha- um, gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Hmm. From G.K. Chesterton. Mm, and nice. I think that was a really good description to as we increase our gratitude. Our happiness, it, it, it is a reflection of uh, wondering at God's character and and, um, and and to be happy in that. So, I, yes, I would recommend this. Um, American Spellings came up in this book. Again, so I, I think Good good Book Company, obviously, pitching this at maybe at more at the American market, but um, uh, that, that's fine. It's, it's, an, it's written by an American, but it was very good. It's to have good, some practical ideas as well about writing Thank you notes and, um, yeah, to um, remember what spills out when you're jostled. Is it gratitude and grace or is it something a bit grumpier than that? Good. And I just, I mean, I have not read this book. I've just looked at the cover, which is a little bit flowery. Mm. Is is it a book, um, would you say, specifically written for women or is it well, something that's useful books, for everyone? It's one of these books which has a little bit of, as women, we. Okay. But really, most of that is completely peripheral okay. I think it would be good I, I perhaps might not give it as a present to a man perhaps. no you, you might, might let hand them. it to a friend who's in say I found this really helpful when yeah. I was I was struggling I, I I do wonder if you give it to someone are you saying I think you're a bit mean-spirited <laughs> you know, who, who yes. would you give it to no that's true I'm th- I guess that's why I was sort of thinking your own personal wish, wish list would be yes or to give it to someone you know quite well so like the person in your prayer triplet yes. for example if that's a thing you know has been a, a regular thing you've been praying about well yeah. why not say here's here's something that or some you know as a bit to say this thing maybe i think we could all be better at let's let's read it together yes. and 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 it's one of these books with sort of i think there if i remember correctly i think there are questions yeah, there's a prayer and a couple of question discussion mm. questions at the end of the eight, each, of, yeah. each of the eight chapters. So 
you could do it in eight chunks with a, with a with a group or in sort of two chunks mm. of four each and have a, quite a good discussion i think and okay uh, helpful good i have been looking at uh, tim chester's latest book enjoying god and um Oh, I was going to tell you this before, Amanda, but I think we'll do it for the podcast. There's a hilarious bit. Um, uh, He begins, before he gets to the book proper, with Mike and Emma's Monday morning. And he sort of tells the story of this couple who've been at church on Sunday, and then they get up on Monday morning, and this is how their morning goes. And he comes back to this story again and again through the book about looking at how that might go differently if they were more aware of what God was doing in their lives. But this is what happens on Emma's Monday morning. Meanwhile, and a little late, Emma's walking up the path to Amanda's front door. They meet most weeks to read the Bible together. Emma tries to remember what it was they looked at last week, and whatever it was, she remembers feeling excited about it at the time. Sorry about the mess, says Amanda. (laughs) Emma smiles. It's always messy in Amanda's house. (laughs) She moves a pile of laundry off the chair onto the table so she can sit down. And I just wondered, Amanda, do do you know Tim Chester? (laughs) Strange enough, I do not know Tim Chester. Perhaps he's read my book, The Ministry of a Messy House. But (laughs) So anyway, the book is mostly not about messiness and and housework. Um, The book is about enjoying God more. And he... um, I think quite rightly diagnoses that many of us as Christians, we we know God, but we don't always really enjoy God. Mm. Um, and he puts it, this is the beginning of chapter two. Do you want more of God? Do you want to enjoy him? There, let's be honest, we're not always sure whether we do want to spend more time hanging out with God. And then he says, well, let's put the question like this. Do you like God? <laughs> and I think... I mean, I don't think any I've ever heard anyone ask that question before because obviously we're supposed to say yes, but it it's a great question because we we sometimes talk about difficult relations who we're called to love even though we don't like them very much. Mm. And and so good actually, question, are we thinking of God in that way? Exactly. Are we saying, well, yes, I love him, but I'm really, you know, he's not actually the person I want to spend time with. And so the way he then unpacks this in a more sort of practical way is by focusing on. Um, each of the three persons of the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And he his basic thesis is the more conscious we are of God and the more we are thinking about God, the more we will come to enjoy him. And um, I, I've, I've found it really an exciting book to read, actually, in many ways. It made me think, actually, my Christian life could be very different from the way that it is now and also he doesn't just sort of say you know here's you know here's what this wonderful picture of a christian life could be like if you were really enjoying god fully and at every moment he gives you really really practical ways of achieving that so he talks about this at the beginning he he talks about um when you do um, exercises at school, drills for learning stuff or, you know, um, physical exercise or whatever, you do the exercise consciously for a certain number of times in order that it should become a habit. Mm. So, like, if you're learning handwriting, you write the same word a hundred times so that then you just sort of know how to do it. And, and he says the exercise I've given you are, are that kind of exercise. Do it consciously for a certain amount of time so that then it becomes a habit. Mm. 
And so there are things like this. So at the end of each chapter, you get a sort of more general discussion about putting it into practice. You get a little bit about Mike and Emma. You get some questions, but you also get an action. Mm-hmm. So, for example, each day this week, pick something that makes you happy and pray, Father, thank you for this because it's a lovely gift from you. A, a very good very gratitude. similar gratitude to that one exactly yeah. and so some of the actions are focusing on the father and something about the spirit and some are thinking about the son and some are much harder to do than others so that one you could do that quite quickly at the end of a day and that would be a good thing to do this one whenever you're alone this week so you know if you're me that's quite a lot of the time start a conversation with your heavenly father in which you talk to him about whatever is on your mind and he says I want you to try and learn to do that all the time. Wow. Sitting in the car, when waiting at the queue in the supermarket, whenever, so that it becomes a natural, it becomes a natural habit um, and part of your your normal life. And I think what this book I think did for me, I've never really known what people mean by spirituality. I feel like it's a word that gets thrown about a lot and, and very, not really very vague, isn't it? But I feel like it, I think if somebody said to me you know how do I understand what Christian spirituality should be or how that should look like I think I might say actually read this book this will take you from I need to have you know routines of reading the Bible and praying to experiencing those as part of a relationship with the living God I think potentially I I, as I say I I've read this to review it I've not worked through all the exercises (laughs) and I would say I don't think this is a book that you should read quickly. I think you should read it no more than one chapter a week in order to have a chance to put okay. those things into so practice. So how many chapters are there? Um, there well, there are, so there are 14, but the first two, no, just the last one doesn't have an action. The last one is sort of, here's the underlying mm-hmm. theology. So there are 13 that have action. So it would take you three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually three months to invest in enjoying your spiritual life with the lord i'm thinking i'm going to try doing that so you're and going to keep hold of that i'm going to hold this one i, I think that might need to go on my 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 list yeah actually. and the, well, i might yeah might for myself so there we go so i was just going to end these are the books that we've been sent for review i have got another book that i'm going to put on my christmas wishes so i'm going to give you a moment um see if you've got anything that comes to mind uh, for yours the thing i really want is um those ESV journaling Bible books. So they they have just produced, I think, the New Testament so far, and you get the text of an individual book of the New Testament plus space to do journaling, which could be, you know, writing or art or whatever. And they're beautiful. They look beautiful. You can get a whole set or you can buy individual ones. And I think I would really enjoy those. Mm. So that's what those are on my wish list. I don't know. Have you got anything else that you're eyeing up that you think you'd like? Um, I I have to say I actually I'm very drawn to those two books you've just reviewed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fine. I haven't got anything in my sights at the moment. I am about to read uh, for a reading group in only a couple of days <laughs> uh, in his image, which is the 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 successor to the book we read last year yes Jen Wilkins Wilkins book none like him which was fabulous so I am really looking forward to reading that yeah so none like him was the sort of incommunicable attributes and in his image is the communicable attributes but 
uh, yes, yeah, so I'm quite excited to be reading that, but I'm okay. slightly behind with my... That's fine. So that's we hope we've done that sort of early enough to give you some ideas of things you could be getting for yourself, for your family, uh, and possibly for other people as well. We will be back in December with another book review podcast. And this is quite a different sort of book that we're going to be reading. Uh, I'm looking at Amanda to see if she remembers. We're going to be reading Phoebe, Paula Gooder's novel, about the character from the New Testament. So uh, if you've read that and you've got questions or things that you'd like us to talk about, do let us know. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.